Truth News Network. A president responds to a critic. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Yeah. Gas at an all-time high, shortages in everything from construction supplies, hygiene products to food. Well, as we all said more than a president ago, you can keep the change. And in a crisis, the first casualty is usually the truth. So strap in. You're with TNN, the Truth News Network. And Dan Newman. And the nation awaits and is waiting with bated breath. What's going to happen and when is it going to happen to the orange man, former President Donald Trump? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. Wednesday. Hump day. You're almost, almost, you can see the end of the week and you can see a weekend. What kind of plans you got for the weekend? Well, Dan, we can't talk about fun things. You know, our nation is falling apart. It's crumbling. We have a government that is trying to take over every sector of our lives and it's going to be top down. They rule everything. What are we going to do? Well, let me address all of that with this one statement. If we will get together as we the people, we can make the necessary changes. Well, you know, we can't go to the streets armed. We have all these little guns. Yeah, we have some semi-automatics and stuff like that. But President Biden told us, y'all come after us with guns We come after you with F-16s. Now, I paraphrased the president, but that was the meaning of that cocky response that he got in a discussion about the Second Amendment. Let me just say this. That kind of response from this president is pretty much all he's capable of right now. There is nothing behind the rhetoric that he reads from his teleprompter. It's not as far as it concerns him. Yes, somebody on the other end that is typing the content on that teleprompter is taking the talking points from somebody, maybe some bodies who are actually running our government. And instead of saying running our government, why don't we just be honest about it? They're running our government into the dirt. Think about it. There is no sector of American life today, not one, except illegal immigration. Now, that's only if you look at it from the perspective of the big corporations that are getting all these agricultural workers that are coming across the border. They check in, and of course, they're supposed to report to the ICE office in the towns and villages to which you and I pay for their transport, right? Ah, we're keeping them up in hotels, apartments. We're paying for their food, their rent, their health care, and we're educating their kids at no cost to them, none of the above. These NGOs, these corporations that are not-for-profits, that have these massive hearts, and at every heart center is care and love for these migrants. After all, these are people that really want a chance in life, and we're going to help them get there. 
That's what they tell all of their contributors. But you know who their number one contributor is, these NGOs? Do you know where all that money's coming from that's taking care of these illegals? Well, we've been told it's these NGOs. They're the ones that are footing the bill. We're giving the NGOs federal grant money. You're paying for it. There's no way around it. These big corporations... They're not paying a dime. You know the only money that's being paid by these big corporations regarding anything to do with our government are campaign contributions to lawmakers who set this facade up and they fundamentally make sure it keeps on rolling. At no cost to the biggies, 100% cost to you and I. What a way to start the show today. Well, listen, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes bad things happen to bad people. Sometimes good things happen to good people. Thankfully, we're on the receiving end the greater amount of the time as getting good for good. But whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. Seed sown is seed harvested. I don't know about you, but I'd like a little watermelon. It's not summertime yet. I miss watermelon. We, somebody around us, got to put some watermelon seeds in the ground so Dan can get watermelons this coming spring and summer. We get what we seed, period. And that's what's happening right now in our nation. We put a president, we didn't, most of us, and I'm sure pretty much everybody listening today, didn't put this president in office. But we, the people, apparently did. I know, I know there's a lot of proof out there that nobody in a place of authority is willing to pick up because if they do, they will immediately be politically canceled for the rest of their known lives. I get that. But let's be honest with you. We, the people, allowed that to happen. Oops. Uh, Don't go there, Dan. That's where the truth lies, folks. We, the people, if we, the people, don't stand up and say, that's enough, and put our collective foot down and told them, stop or else, and the or else contains specific, fundamental things that we, the people, can do in the law and will do. We don't need to be like our daddies. Years ago, when I was in the back seat with my older brother, we were, I guess, 7 and 11, maybe 6 and 10, somewhere in that age bracket. And we were making a 200-mile trek from Lafayette, Louisiana to Houston where my parents' families live. Summer vacation, 200 miles, no interstate. We had U.S. Highway 90. U.S. 90 did go then and it still does from the East Coast to the West Coast. But back then, we went through every little town, every little village, every stoplight. It took six hours to make that 200-mile trek. And you can imagine two rambunctious little boys in the back seat. And we just got 
rambunctious. That's what little boys do when they don't have anything to do but sit in a car for six hours. More than once I heard my mom or my mad or my dad say, don't make me come back there. You know what I'm talking about. We knew they weren't going to pull over and come back there. That's exactly what our leadership in D.C. know about we the people. Listen, it's not over. In fact, it's just the beginning. We're going to break into a bunch of that today. A bunch of it. And so, if you got stuff that you got to do, phone calls you got to make, I recommend that you go do those things real quickly. Make those phone calls because you're going to want to listen in to every minute of TNN Live today. I promise you, there's substance. There's substance all the way through the show. Starting right now, as a matter of fact, one of my all-time favorite musicians. You probably have not heard much about him. Michael Franks, one of my big, big, big idols in music. Practice makes perfect. I give my love to you, and you give your love to me. That end, less curve, they use for
like this to start your day. (laughs) Uh, That's called smooth jazz. My two daughters call that elevator music. Oh, dad, you just love all that elevator music. That's anything but elevator music. It's great music produced by great musicians. Michael Franks writes all this stuff. He has a number of hits, top 40 hits. You remember a song out maybe in the 80s, Your Secret's Safe With Me? That was Michael Franks. He's had a couple of other big crossover hits, but his big thing is smooth jazz. And I'm a smooth jazz guy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in a good mood today. Well, we've got some big news for you today. Can't decide if I want to drop it on you right now or wait a little bit into the show. It's hard for me to wait on good things. Well, let me think about it for a little bit. Well, wait, that'll keep you teased. I don't want to miss the big thing. It's a really big, important thing. It's something you're going to be really excited about. So let me start with a bomb. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into the Trump indictment pending perp walk and all that kind of stuff. It is devouring the mainstream media. They literally are waiting with bated breath we got to watch this, uh, not attorney general, but this prosecuting attorney in Manhattan. We've got to watch him perk walk Donald Trump and get him in jail. We're going to deal with all of that, but that's not the really big news. This first story I'm going to tell you about, it may really depress you. It may be just very revealing and confirm some things that you've already felt and known about. It has to do 
with COVID-19. Aren't you tired of COVID-19? Aren't you tired of lockdowns and big money giveaways at the expense of you and me and never knowing what's real and what's not and having the so-called medical experts that are marched in front of us telling us this is the way it has to be only to find out not only were they wrong, their wrong decisions killed thousands, tens of thousands of Americans. Aren't you sick of it? Well, let me drop another little truth bomb on you. Have you heard the name Stefan Banchel? Stefan Banchel. You probably haven't, but you know who he is. He is the CEO of Moderna. Now, he's going to testify before the Senate top Healthcare committee today as the feds generally offers to bail out his company Moderna because of a patent infringement lawsuit. You got to listen to this. The purpose of this health, labor, education, and pension committee hearing, they're going to question Banchell about drug prices after Moderna proposed quadrupling the price of, guess what? It's COVID-19 shot. Quadrupling four times. Independent Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, he's the chair of this committee, and Republican Louisiana Senator Bill Cassidy. He's a doctor. Bernie Sanders has never had a job except the mayor of a little bitty town in Vermont. And, of course, being a senator. They have long, both of them together, advocated for lower drug prices. The Biden administration's entanglement with ongoing litigation related to patent infringement, it's gotten less attention than issues of vaccine pricing. Moderna is currently fighting off a lawsuit from Arbutus Biopharma and Genovent Sciences. That's a pair of very little biotechnology firms And they are alleging that Moderna stole their technology to develop their Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. Now listen to these dollars and cents. This is just unfathomable to average Americans. Moderna reported $18.5 billion in revenue. Now that was in 2021. $19 billion in 2022. And the driving factor for all that money was a lucrative vaccine contract driving a huge increase from the roughly 800 million the company made in 2020 what was that contract it was with uncle sam of course the ceo of the company benchell compensated handsomely raking in more than 400 million dollars that came with his salary plus stock sales and other forms of payment. Arbutus and Genovent, they allege that Moderna infringed on their patents for lipid nanoparticle technology. And Moderna claims that took years of incredibly challenging work for their scientists to develop. Maybe not so much when you can just kind of slip somebody into the lab over at Arbutus and Genovent and copy stuff. So if these two companies' lawsuits succeeds, they could earn royalties from Moderna as compensation, which could add up quickly with so much money being involved in all of this. 
Much of that money came from the wallets of American taxpayers. For almost the entire pandemic, COVID-19 vaccines were purchased directly by our government, distributed for free to Americans who wanted to line up to get the jabs. Moderna also got about $2.5 billion from the government to fund vaccine development. Now, the Biden administration is attempting to offer the company another windfall. Last month, the Department of Justice filed a statement of interest in the Moderna lawsuit, and the State Department is offering to take on liability for the company's patent infringement. So what would that mean? It means our Treasury Department would be responsible for all potential damages from this lawsuit rather than Moderna itself. The day after that statement of interest was filed by our government, by the way, Moderna announced an agreement to offer its COVID-19 vaccine to uninsured and underinsured Americans at no cost following pushback from Democrat lawmakers against the proposed price hike. So this is just a, a circle thing, you know? Hey, we're the American government. We got to take care of the American people. And you came at us. We paid you billions of dollars the last two years. We way overpaid for these COVID-19 vaccines that, to be honest with you, probably didn't work nearly as well as you told us they would. It was grossly misrepresentative. We're not talking to you about that, though. There's liability on your part. You're good people. You made all that money. We know you took care of your stockholders, and you're going to take care of us. Campaign time. They probably didn't say that publicly. You know. So what we're going to do We need to get back in the quid pro quo mode with you. We'll take over all this liability and you, you got to give us something that we can tell the American people, look what we're doing. We're taking care of no insured and underassured Americans because COVID-19, we force them to give those shots to Americans for free. Despite the DOJ agreeing that taxpayers should take the blame, I don't know why we should take the blame. We didn't get any of that money that Moderna got, did we? We didn't go steal those nanotechnology secrets from either of those two corporations. Moderna allegedly did. And oh, by the way, there's a lawsuit, but if they didn't do it, it won't cost them anything. It doesn't matter. That's their deal. Judge Mitchell Goldberg denied Moderna's motion to dismiss the case. Goldberg said Moderna hadn't proven that the shots were made for the government rather than the government simply incidentally benefiting from them. In other words, there wasn't a contract between Moderna and the U.S. government that was backdated that would cover the time period for the alleged patent infringement. As a result, the legal battle rages on. It's unclear why exactly the Biden administration would offer to save Moderna from itself if it did, in fact, steal key technology. 
Nobody knows why they would do that. Follow the money. It's also unclear whether the government's offer to shift the bill to you and me is connected to Moderna's sudden decision to give out free vaccines. Follow the money. And it remains to be seen whether Banchell, the CEO, will be questioned about this topic today when he is expected to be grilled by lawmakers on other allegedly problematic business practices that have built his billion-dollar company. And what would those be? Creating medicine and then sticking it into the backs of the American people with highly inflated prices at the pharmacy level. Let me just frost you. Four years ago, I spent six weeks in Zurich, Switzerland on business. I had, this was two months after I had a mild heart attack, so you know what that means. I was on about seven medications. I was supposed to be over there for 10 days. My medicine ran out. And so, you know, I'd never had any heart issues. I'd never taken any medication to speak of, very few medications at all. And I had like, I think, six that I was taking two times a day. And and by the way, I hate taking medicine. I really do. We need to find another way to do this. That's a conversation for another day. But nevertheless, I panicked over there. I called my doctor, Rodney Reeves, from over there in Zurich. He didn't know I was going. He was shocked when I told him I was going, and he didn't talk to me about my my health. He wanted to know what I had had for dinner the night before. He'd heard a lot about great food and restaurants and people in Zurich, Switzerland, which, by the way, it's for certain that way. But he said, no, don't worry about it. He said, I'll, uh, I'll uh, copy your, your list of prescriptions that we gave to you. I'll shoot a copy of it and text it to you, and you can just take it to a pharmacy. So I anxiously got it the next day, finished meetings in the morning, and I hurried downtown Zurich, which is a massive, sprawling city, very well put together, architecture out the wazoo, clean, everything. But they have a central city city center where tons of businesses are down there, including most of the pharmacies. And I walked in a pharmacy, and I walked up to the... uh, cash register there where there was someone that looked like a pharmacist standing there. And I said, speak English. He did. So I handed him this list and he said, what's this? And I said, well, you know, I'm an American. I was here. I had a mild heart heart attack two months ago. Need these medications. I came expecting to be here 10 days. I'm going to be here longer. Can you help me? And he handed me the prescription back and my heart dropped to my toes. And he said, we don't need that. I said, why? And he said, those are over-the-counter drugs here, every one of them. So what I was paying, or my insurance company was paying about once a month, about $150, I got for $12.50. Pharmacies in the United States rape the American people. I've got friends up in Canada I mean, Ontario, right across the border from Michigan. You can drive across the border and go get the same drug at a 
Canadian pharmacy that you paid $100 for 20 miles away in Michigan at a pharmacy. Why is that? They tell it. Here's the way they justify it. We spend these egregious amounts of money in research, putting all these things together, and millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. We have to go through this stringent process. The FDA requires it, and they're on our backs all the time. And, it, and I mean, they go on and on and on and on and telling us that. Okay, well, why? Do, you know, we're the American people. We give you the chance to do all these things. We provide the infrastructure. This is a capitalist society. You take advantage of all that. Why are you sending your drugs to people in other countries and in many cases only charging 10% overseas of what you're charging the American people? It seems like it should be the other way around. And you know when I've asked that question of several, I mean really top-level executives at several of these big pharma companies, They tell me, hey, we're America. We do these things. We are inventors. We create these things. And it's our obligation to give them to the world. And the first time I heard that, I looked at this guy and I kind of chuckled. And I didn't say this, but I wanted to say this. Yeah, and you don't even kiss us. Moderna getting indemnification from the people of the United States for their liability for stealing patents. Now tell me that makes sense. How do you justify that? If you're in the federal government, if you've been around and in the government for a while, oh, you know how the process works. It's quid pro quo. They're going to walk around outside the U.S. Capitol in the campaign season, and they won't be doing it literally, but figuratively, they'll be passing out $100,000 bills if there's such a thing. Hey, we need you to help us out on this piece of legislation. It's the way it rolls, baby. Whether we like it or not, that's how big pharma and big government work in the United States of America. And they get offensive if you even confront them about it. It's like, we've always done it this way. What are you talking about? And we've got Senator Bernie Sanders from Vermont. As I said, his biggest job was being the mayor. And I can't think of the little town in Vermont where he was mayor. There aren't many little towns either, but I can't remember it. And then you have Senator Bill Cassidy, who is a physician from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've never met the senator, but he is barely, barely Republican. And he's certainly not conservative. And, of course, he's on this committee. Why? Because he's a doctor. Think about that in combination. You've got a doctor with very little financial information, knowledge. That's... COVID-19 is not his field of medicine, by the way. And then you have Bernie Sanders, and you don't need to say anything about Bernie Sanders. We all know about Bernie Sanders. And those two are controlling this committee and what's discussed and what's allowed to be mentioned, the questions that are allowed to be asked. 
And they're fixing to, it looks like, obligate the American taxpayer, at least on the Senate side, because they control, Democrats control the Senate. On the Senate side, they're going to obligate us for whatever comes down the pipeline regarding liability for Moderna Corporation for something that we had nothing to do with. You think that one's a big one? You think that's bad? We're just getting started. 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began. Nobody puts baby in the corner. This is the real Dirty Dance. Eight celebrities compete to become the real baby and Johnny. Where my Johnny is? Some will rise. Some will fall. All will have the time of their life. The Real Dirty Dancing four-week event starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5. Little Caesars Thin Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring $6.49 in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars Large Thin Crust Pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just $6.49. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. ABC Tonight, it's all about Big Cash. Here we go! And Big Crash. <laughs> On the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, one star will spin it. Give me the To win it all. The big winner of $1 million. Then, host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Sweep. On your carts! Get set! And we're going to need a cleanup on every aisle. You are on fire! It all starts tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. Walk, crawl, or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries, was $4.79, now just $2.99. But act now. Or later, because these Staples Everyday Price Cuts will be around for a really, really long time. Price cuts, like a two-pack of Scotch Magic Tape, previously $4.79, now just $2.99. And Scotch Packaging Tape, now just $2.29 for today, tomorrow, and pretty much every day till the cows come home. But don't hurry. These Everyday Price Cuts are indefinite. To repeat, these prices will last. So stop by your nearest Staples whenever it's convenient and take advantage of these normal, continuing Everyday Price Cuts. Thank you. Need more cowbell? Better yet, how about the ring of truth? TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. You've all heard about this back and forth going on between TikTok and our federal government. In fact, I think there are like six or seven states that have already banned TikTok in their states. Look. It's common knowledge, it has been for years, that TikTok, the company that owns and operates TikTok, is not a private company. There is no such thing as a private company in China. The Chinese Communist Party owns and operates and makes all the rules about every operating process in any and every company. And it's common knowledge that they have, the Chinese Communist Party, the people at this company, have been using TikTok to infiltrate 
the computer information of every user. They are able to access it going through the TikTok app on iPhones and also on other phones that use other operating systems. And here we are. We're just trying to figure out if we're going to do anything about it. You know what? It only takes 10 minutes after creating an account on TikTok for the platform's algorithm to start pushing suicide videos to 13-year-old girls in the United States. Think about that. The Chinese app's recommendation algorithm is so advanced, within 10 minutes, it'll start pushing suicide videos if the young TikTok user suggests that she is sexually frustrated. That's according to research published yesterday by corporate accountability group ECO and shared with Vice News. So here's how they got this information. They set up nine different new TikTok accounts. They listed their age as age 13. The youngest age users can join the platform, by the way. Then they mimicked who they referred to as incels or involuntary celibates, which is an online community of young men who formed a bond around their lack of sexual success with women. Minutes later, the researchers found that after viewing just 10 videos having to do with incel-related topics, the TikTok accounts for you pages were all filled with very similar content. One test account showed a video that featured a clip of Jake Gyllenhaal, whose films have reportedly been popular among the incel community. And in the video, the actor was seen with a rifle in his mouth saying, shoot me, shoot me in the blank, blank face. The video also included text which read, get shot or see her with someone else. Additionally, the majority of the commenters were in support of the suggested suicide. Other commenters lamented about their loneliness, with many saying they felt dead inside. One commenter even suggested suicide on their part within the next four hours. The Gyllenhaal clip, which has since been deleted, by the way, had garnered over half a million likes, over 2.1 million views, 7,200 comments, and more than 11,000 shares. Ten minutes and a few clicks on TikTok is all that is needed to fall into the rabbit hole of some of the darkest and most harmful content online. Ten minutes. That algorithm forces you into a spiral of depression, hopelessness, self-harm, and it's terribly difficult to get out of that spiral once the algorithm thinks it knows what you want to see. It's extremely alarming to see how easy it is for children to fall into this spiral. So TikTok, which by the way has replaced both Instagram and Facebook, as the de facto social media platform for teens in the U.S., is known for pushing content harmful to kids and young adults, which in some cases results in injury and even death. Earlier this month at UMass, University of Massachusetts, 
they had to warn its students about a new drinking trend on TikTok, which has resulted in 28 ambulances being called to off-campus parties around the university. The trend involves students creating a blackout rage gallon of alcohol, flavoring, and other ingredients. Earlier this year, a 12-year-old girl in Argentina died after she participated in the deadly choking challenge, first popularized on the Chinese app. The girl's death was even filmed in a video call while her classmates watched as she attempted the deadly challenge. Last summer, a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old in the UK, they died due to attempting the same TikTok challenge. Last September, the FDA warned parents of a deadly new TikTok challenge that involves children cooking chicken in NyQuil to eat. Another TikTok challenge in 2020 involved urging users to take large doses of the allergy medication Benadryl to induce hallucinations. The challenge resulted in a report of teens being rushed to the hospital and several died. Now, let me just say this. My kids are grown, but my grown kids have six, my only six grandkids, and my grandkids are all in the TikTok target group. And all their friends use TikTok. And they're exposed to this same stuff over and over and over again. Now, let me just ask you this. Why would any parent allow their kid to be exposed to something that, again, might happen or might not happen to their kids that their kids are seeing, watching, hearing about it, and getting instructions, not only from TikTok, but from other people that supposedly are watching these videos and watching the post of these kids, our own kids, and then making suggestions. We don't even know who really is on the other end making suggestions. I can tell you, it's an algorithm using artificial intelligence telling our kids to kill themselves. That's okay with you? Do you even want to take a chance with that possibly happen to your kid? Needless to say, Poppy and Nani, we're in the the faces of our kids about TikTok. We're trying to insulate our grandkids from facing things they don't really need to deal with. What else is out there, Dan? James Posey. He said it blows his mind. He's never had TikTok and never will. That's a good thing. We all need to go down that road. We've got plenty of social media opportunities for our kids to integrate with other kids. Why do we need a Chinese social media app? Why do we need them? I mean, come on now. We have Silicon Valley. By the way, that's where all the Chinese programmers want to come to. They don't want to stay in China. They want to come to Silicon Valley and get jobs. And they've been doing it for years. Why would that be? They like living here. 
You can just go on and on and on talking about these things, but we're not going to do it. I want to dive into some of the meat at the top of the show, the things that we were going to talk about. By the way, the Fed is meeting today, and they're going to tell us whether they're going to raise the interest rate or not. My prediction is they will, another half point, if not more than that. And I'm watching the stock market, for those of you that have got your eye on your simple IRA or your retirement 401k, whatever it is, it's going to be impacted when this news comes out, one way or the other. Either the Dow's going to zoom up higher or it's going to fall through the floor if they raise rates again. Right now, the Dow's up 35 points, NASDAQ up 27, S&P 500 up 9 points. Apple stock up a dollar. Google is flat. It was up a little bit a few minutes ago, but it's it's basically flat. It's nervous. Stock market's very nervous trying to figure out what the heck is going on. We had a really neat surprise yesterday. You know, Steve Baker, he's with us every Tuesday, at least 30 minutes, usually about 40, 45 minutes. And yesterday was a good show, a really good show. He is a great, um, different perspective kind of person to have every once in a while, once a week to weigh in. Steve is, he is a, um, he's a, I guess more of a conservative than am I, and I find that hard to believe, but he's a libertarian. And um, he, as you know, was up to his eyeballs and still is in everything that happened on January 6th. So I get a frantic text from Steve about 1 o'clock yesterday afternoon, Central Time, and he said, guess what? I'm going to be on Tucker Carlson tonight. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute couple of reasons here. Number one, Steve's got a great face for radio. <laughs> we share that trait. But the second thing is, you know, it, it's a long stretch from the work that he does to be on Tucker Carlson talking about things surrounding January 6th. But sure enough, he was on Tucker Carlson. Now, as you know, this is not a video podcast. It's a audio podcast, so I stripped the audio from uh, the conversation that Steve had live with Tucker Carlson last night. It was about January 6th, and let me set the, the frame for you. Before Tucker brought Steve on, Tucker had been talking about what's going on as our Department of Justice is doubling and tripling down on their horrible treatment of people that happen to make a mistake and go to Washington, D.C., January 6, 2021. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, they've arrested thousands of people. Many of, most of, have been let go with very simple pleading to a misdemeanor, no jail time. First of all, let me tell you this. If the FBI ever arrests you for anything, if the IRS ever comes after you for anything, you will always, no matter what the plea deal looks like, you're going to have to plead guilty. They will not accept anything other than that. So what does that mean? Some of those charges, remember, this is federal property. It's a big deal. You're going to have to plead guilty to 
of federal crime. So it's going to be on your record forever. And a lot of things go along with having your background checked. You know where I'm going with this. Well, the feds haven't announced it, but it's leaked out that they are going after at least 1,000 more people that just happened to show up on January 6th. Steve Baker, as you've heard here over and over again, he told us ad nauseum the story of his attorney being contacted by the FBI because Steve was all over the Capitol on January 6th. He was documenting it with his camera and with interviews, and you've heard a bunch of that here. You've seen it on his website. And they notified him about 18 months ago through his attorney that they were about to arrest him and charge him. And they never have, but they haven't said they're not going to. So Steve has been in the epicenter, and he shared with us yesterday about what we're told is about to happen. A bunch of more arrests of Americans being weaponized against dissent. I want you to hear, this is the lead-up that that Tucker gave Steve. He told that story that I just told you. And here's Tucker Carlson with Steve Baker, our Steve Baker, last night. Steve Baker is one of the people who fears he may soon be targeted in this unconstitutional China-style purge from DOJ. He's an independent investigative journalist. He joins us tonight. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Sum up, if you will, why you're worried about being caught up in this purge. Thanks for having me, Tucker. Well, my January 6th story started on January 6th. I was one of those independent journalists who was there that day to cover the story. And of course, the story developed in a way that none of us anticipated. I showed up with my camera, my tripod, and a man on the street microphone intending to interview people about their thoughts about what happened at the speeches there at the Ellipse. Well, of course, the story developed at the Capitol, and I was there. And I covered and uh, caught hours worth of video myself. And then I also went inside the Capitol building because that's where the story went. I did no violence. I did no chanting. I did no parading or any property damage. But um, because my uh, video and because of my subsequent stories have been used by news services all over the world, my, my videos have been in the HBO documentary, New York Times documentary, and others. And so as a result of that, I was eventually, I believe, targeted not because I was there as a journalist, but because that my story did not comport with the uh, approved narrative. In fact, uh, my my uh, uh, initial foray into the, the weaponization of the DOJ against me was the FBI contacting me some eight months later. And then uh, right around Thanksgiving of 2021, I was told that I would be charged within the week. That's what they told my attorney. And then that never happened. 15 months later, here I still wait, wondering if those uh, <laughs> uh, red dots are going to come through my bedroom window at six o'clock in the morning. It's living limbo, life destroying, shocking. I apologize on behalf of the country. Very quickly, Mr. Baker, there were a lot of journalists, liberal journalists in the Capitol that day. I think Nancy Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra, and I apologize if I'm wrong, but I think she was there doing a documentary as well. But certainly all the big papers had journalists there. Do you know that any of them have been harassed by Biden's FBI? 
I am actually familiar with hundreds of uh, journalists, both uh, uh, professional MSM journalists as well as uh, uh, quite a large, a large cadre of independents. To my knowledge, none of the more left-leaning independent journalists have faced prosecution, yeah. whereas there have been quite a few of the more right-leaning uh, uh, independents who have actually been charged and convicted of crimes, even jailed. Yeah. Maybe John Cornyn could get on this tomorrow. It was busy uh, talking. It would be. It would be great. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be great if if our. Yeah, if they could help. They're from. He's from Texas, as are a lot of the defendants. Steve Baker, I appreciate it. You're coming on tonight. Godspeed. Thank you, Tucker. Appreciate that. That interview. That of course catapulted Steve Baker to the top of the heap. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm pretty sure he's listening to the show this morning. Um, I was excited for him uh, for a lot of reasons. What you just heard and what his being there last night, it cemented was that there really is egregious government overreach and attempt to shut up the First Amendment. Now, we know about the Second Amendment. The left has been after the Second Amendment for decades, maybe even generations First Amendment, not so much. But think about the fear that just rippled through the independent investigative journalist crowd to hear what the story was about last night, that it looks like, and they've been told it's going to happen, thousands of additional people that were there. Most of them will be, as it turns out, independents, Independent journalists not attached to the likes of New York Times or Washington Post, but independents that were there simply executing their First Amendment rights. And their government is very quietly making plans to go after them for one thing and one thing only, exercising their First Amendment rights. Think about that, how bad it is. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. A wild-caught filio fish and a sizzly double cheeseburger. Well, they are two classics that never go out of style. Hold on. Wait. You're assembling a serve-plus-turf McDonald's hack, which must make you a menu hacker. Yes, the serve-plus-turf, available only on the McDonald's app. You get free medium fries and a drink. Oh, someone opened the app. I need to order and build one immediately. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. New Dunkin' Refreshers. Vibrant fruit flavors like strawberry dragon fruit and peach passion fruit. B vitamins and energy from green tea. All under 200 calories. Order ahead via the Dunkin' app for a contactless way to order, pay, and pick up in the drive-thru. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. See the bold new expression of sporty style. Hear the amazing quietness of a truly luxurious cabin. 
Feel the exceptional horsepower and amazing torque and experience greater acceleration than ever before. Behold, the most powerful sedan in its class. The new Toyota Camry. Real power, absolute performance. Discover the new Camry at toyota.com.my. Getting up on the wall and dancing to tequila. Oh, my goodness. We don't have movies like that anymore that were real comic movies. Yeah, you have a few. But now it's almost impossible to do a movie that's even remotely successful unless it has a hardcore left political tilt or some extreme sexual perversion tilt. You know what I mean? Let me tell you a great movie. I'm, I don't normally recommend movies for people to go see. A great movie, and it's about a great topic, is the Jesus Revolution movie that's out now. There's one, I, I think I talked about this uh, the day after I went to the movie with my brother, but there's one great actor in it, Kelsey Grammer. The rest of them are pretty much unknown. They're bit actors. The acting in it, by the way, was incredible. And I think some of the actors in it were actually people that lived through that, that Jesus revolution that swept across the nation back in 1972. The group that I was in, the Vessels was the group, an evangelistic group. We traveled all over the nation. We did Jesus music and had great ministry, but we did um, beach ministry. We went on crossed the Gulf Coast and did beach ministry during the days in church services at night. And we saw changes in thousands of young people's lives. This, remember, was the Jesus Revolution. There was the driving force for all of the revolution that was going on was the Vietnam War. It was never declared and... All these soldiers were being sent to Southeast Asia going over there, and if they came back at all, they came back often maimed, dismembered, never knew what they were there for, and when they got back, people hated them for going over and doing that when they were drafted and had no choice to do it. So they turned to drugs. It was the hippie days, 1969, Woodstock, free love, sex, Drugs, drugs, and more drugs. And God dropped a bomb on America. 1972, the Jesus Revolution. Go see the movie. Even if you're younger than that time, you didn't know that time. Or even if you did, but you don't know what it was really all about. It's a great movie. Go see it. Well, let's look at something here that I think will be interesting to you. Have you followed any of the polls, the presidential polls coming up in 2024 election? I've watched them, but only sparingly. Um, But before we get into that story, 
let's do something. This is kind of off the cuff. I, If you know me, you know that I don't normally do off the cuff kinds of things. But we're going to do an off the cuff kind of things. We're going to make a phone call right now. In fact, I think the phone is ringing. Well, let's see there. Maybe maybe we're not. Are you there, sir? Are we there? Oh, yeah. There you are. Ladies and gentlemen, let me, <laughs> with great excitement, welcome to the show, TNN Live. Here is investigative journalist, fresh from his stand oh, on the here, Tucker yeah. Carlson show last night. Steve Baker. Hey, buddy. Can hey, you man. hear me? Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. You've been on the phone this morning? Uh, I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, it, it's been ringing off the hook this morning, which is a good thing. Well, you know, I, when I say ringing. It's mostly texting off the hook now. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to infringe on your day because I knew your fans would be reaching out. All of the millions that watched you last <laughs> night. I timed it, Steve. It's exactly three minutes. I I played it on the show. We stripped it off in just the audio bite, and I played it. But you yeah. did an amazing job. An amazing job. You really well, did. Thanks. I actually need. I, I needed three hours, and, and uh, they they told me I would have four minutes, and so. You know, my, my two or three biggest punchlines, I was saving for that last 60 seconds and <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> well, Tucker Tucker has that way of stringing things out if he likes to, but he can end an interview pretty abruptly, and he does it in such great fashion. You can't argue yeah. with the way that he does it. But anyway, um, if you didn't see it, folks, it's worth going back. It's a great segment on the Tucker Carlson show from last night. You can grab it on YouTube. It's the first part of the show right after he gets going. He he sets it up. But what's going on up there, you've heard Steve talk about it for weeks now. Uh, under, I guess under the surface, there's a lot of Department of Justice arrogance wanting to go after a bunch of other people that haven't been... Uh, in the bullseye yet so far, but just simply because they were on the grounds that day of breaking the laws. But let me just say this. I watched you at one point in that three-minute video, and it looked like your earpiece fell out of your ear, and you couldn't yeah, find the you couldn't find the earpiece. <laughs> and you got this crazed look on your face like, oh my gosh, Tucker's talking, I'm going to miss what he's saying. But you handled well, that's it. Exact, that's exactly well, that's exactly what happened is when, when that small, tiny little earpiece, which they had taped down, you know, they actually tape it uh, to your head. And I guess the tape came loose for whatever reason, and it popped out. <laughs> and when it, it and I, I, when I felt it pop out, and, but I couldn't see, I didn't have a, I didn't have a monitor to see myself. Yeah. So I didn't realize that it was a full two or three inches now outside of my ear. Well, with those particular types of earpieces, if it's not in your ear canal, you don't hear it anything. There's nothing at all. <laughs> and so I, I thought that I thought that I would, when it popped out, I thought, okay, well, I, I, you know, it's loud enough. I'll be able to hear it. Well, as soon as uh, I finished talking and then I realized I couldn't hear Tucker at all. Uh-oh. <laughs> but uh, it, it worked out. Well, it was a great recovery. Let me ask you this. Did you get any conversation with him before the show, did you get any set up or was it just with the producer? 
it, it's all with the producers, and they are, uh, for lack of a better way, this is probably the cleanest way I can say it. Uh, they're anal retentive to, to the max. They they are um, they are really, really, really into making sure that you are ready. And and uh, I'm talking about from the moment uh, they from the moment they gave me the thumbs up that it was going to happen. That wasn't even the beginning. So the beginning started several hours earlier when they actually the first producer called me to talk about my interest, my interest, as you know, to be on the show. And then what the reason was behind that, what we wanted to talk about. And then they actually wanted me to write down some bullet points uh, that, that would basically justify uh, are, they were the, the talking points really that they would hope that would trip um, Tucker's trigger. And so I did that, sent that over to them. And then they started firing off questions to me just over and over and over again. And this went on for about two hours. And then finally they said, okay, it's on, you're on. And then they gave me the address of the studio where this was going to happen. And it was of course a local address here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And, uh, and even though it was only 20 minutes away, they said they were going to send a car for me. I said, no, I don't need a car sent up for me. I can, I can drive. And, uh, uh, then, then lo and behold, I started getting texts. Are you on your way? Are you there yet? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, they're, they're, they are making sure along every step of the way. And then, uh, 10 minutes before the show, begins the producer calls again and then he starts okay now tucker's going to be tucker he's going to you know he's going to he's going to do his snarky things and he's going to do his and he's only going to go about 10 minutes and then he's going to bring you on well i was supposed to get a little bit longer than that but i think he went 16 16 and a half minutes something like that in his opening monologue maybe 17 minutes rather than 10 so he went long so i think that they were cutting uh, everybody back after that um and so what what they do is they are all over you until the minute they go on the air, they're making sure, I mean, and they were, they were concerned about makeup. They were, I mean, they were telling me, Hey, uh, you know, are do you have an oily face? Do you need to get, do they need to, I mean, I mean, everything, I mean, they were they, every little detail, uh, they were, they were concerned about. So, yeah, so it, it was, it was an interesting process and I, I had not been through that process with Tucker before at all. Uh, and I, uh, hope I, you know, I hope we get to do it again. Uh, I'd like to get, I'd like to get that, that six extra 60 seconds in at some point. I'm sure you will. <laughs> if you don't know this and you may not, but I, I'm sure our people listening in don't know this. All of the people that you see on Fox news, every one of them, they are picked up and cars, private cars and brought to the studios downtown for Fox Every day, they do not let their talent get to the office on their own. Um, They want to make sure that you get there on time and therefore you, you know, it's a driver that works for them. And if there's some problem, if you're coming off a long night drunk and you can't speak, they'll pick you (laughs) up and they'll make a phone call to to the guys at the, I'm joking, but I mean, they are so into dotting I's and crossing T's people that I know that are, are, are part of that process or have been there numerous times, they say it's a it's it's really an ordeal to go do those kind of things. But think about it. They've got to do it. They're the number one cable news network. And what yeah. you see on the air 
It takes a whole lot of putting stuff together with a lot of moving parts and a lot of people to make it happen. Yeah. Now, and that was that was exactly what happened yesterday. Is I, I think the process itself began about two o'clock in the afternoon when the first initial inquiry happened. And you think, okay, you get a phone call. Producer says you want to be on on Tucker tonight. You say, yeah, that is at what time? Eight o'clock. All right, where do I go? Go to the studio. And you, you would think that that would be enough. And in, it ended up being that that time period between two and six was all, or eight rather was almost all consumed by them. Uh, making sure that that three-minute segment was exactly what they wanted to get out of you. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, I just gotta, I just gotta tell you something. You have been here in our studio, I think, three or four times, maybe more than that, but mm-hmm. at least three, four times. Every time you've come, Marianne hasn't mm-hmm. been here in the facility. Uh, right. I, I was surprised. I thought because I knew several times you came, you were graciously giving uh, one of her amazing homemade cinnamon rolls. And I just assumed that you were here and she handed them to you. It wasn't. It was me. I handed them to you. But she'd never seen you before. Are you interested in her takeaway from seeing you for the first time? I'm I'm excited now. (laughs) Or or should I be? (laughs) Well, here's what she said. I thought he was younger than that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a second part to it. She said, and he has more hair than you do. <laughs> it's, okay. a, it's a woman. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. seriously, you did, you did a great job. I expected nothing less than that from you. You are a consummate professional at what you do. And we here at TNN Live are glad that you're part of our family and that we're getting to do at least some of this together every Tuesday. Marianne just stuck her head in the door of the studio and waved her finger at me like, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. (laughs) Which finger was that? (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave that unanswered. Hey, Steve, thank you again for being our friend and uh, congratulations on getting the slot on Tucker. You did a great job. Being in the business as long as we have, I can tell you, because of that, because there was content and you did a good job, that portends for bigger and better things. (laughs) Well, we shall see. I'm a prophet. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day, and if we don't talk before, we'll see you next Tuesday. All right, Dan. Thank you. Isn't it cool to not only have a friend, but have somebody that is with us and part of what we're doing here? And, uh, he gets a, a shot on the number one cable news, not just the number one cable news network, but the number one cable news show. That's right. Tucker's number one there. He's He's been back and forth with Sean Hannity. And I think that uh, in the last few months, Tucker may have edged Sean out. If not, he's right up there at the top, which, excuse me, with Sean Hannity. But our guy was there last night, and he really did a good job. The mouth-watering Big Mac with a savory filio fish and a tasty McChicken. My goodness, that looks good. Oh, oh, you're making a McDonald's menu hat. Yes, a land, air, and sea. Oh, it's going to tip over. No, it's good, it's good, very stable. 
order the land, air, and sea by name, build it by hand, and hack the McDonald's menu. I'm surprised at how attracted I am to it. Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke Summer sound effects on you? Yes. Cool. You okay with this? Yes. And this? Yes. And what about this? you there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. Des Moines HelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month. The one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. Dave, we need to talk about your sick days. What seems to be the problem, Mr. Employee of the Month? Last week you were out all five days. I was sick. Thanks for checking in. You posted on social media that you were at a comedy club on Monday. Laughter is the best medicine. An outdoor barbecue on Tuesday. Feed a cold, starve a fever, or whichever one needs to be fed. That's the one I had. Okay, Wednesday you took a selfie. Hashtag faking sick. That was supposed to say freaking sick. Thursday you were at an amusement park. Somebody stole my phone. They stole your phone and uploaded photos of you at an amusement park. Yes, fake news. Friday, you tailgated in the employee parking lot. Friday's basically the weekend. Everyone knows that. If you don't mind hiring Dave's, go to the huge national job boards. That's probably what you'll get. But if you want more employees of the month, go where local job seekers find good local jobs. We don't discriminate against people named Dave. Dave is a common name, fun to say, and so we're using it as a catch-all for lackluster employees everywhere. Please don't write us to tell us you were insulted by this ad. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. You know, all this back and forth about the political stuff with an election coming up uh, every two years. We have one every four years. That uh, election includes a president, vice president that must be elected. With all that continuing to go on, where aware in the fray, and I'm talking about the voting, who's going to support who? in the presidential race and who's going to be against who. And by the way, who's even going to put their hat in the ring so far? Nikki Haley has put her hat in the ring to run as president. Former president Donald Trump has, and the new guy can't even say his name. And I apologize as we get closer to election time, I'm going to have to be able to say it. I like him a lot. He's a a really, really conservative young man with some great ideas And he's got some great business success in his background. But then there's Governor Ron DeSantis, undeclared, has done a lot of things that would make one believe that he is going to run, but he hasn't announced, and he's asked, I guarantee, pretty much every day about it. But I've watched, going into the the break we did with Steve, I started to tell you about this, but he was calling or we had a chance to get him on the phone for a minute, and I stopped. But I've been watching the polls, and there is one poll that does a poll about who are people supporting for president right now, the people that are announced running right now. And they've changed that poll to include the probability of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis running. And, of course, it is head-to-head. Everybody knows head-to-head Ron DeSantis against Donald Trump. So in this poll that they take every other day during the week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, in the poll, 
they were very, very close. Trump was in the lead about six points two weeks ago. And so I have watched this poll play out over the last few weeks with great interest because of what's been going on regarding the portending indictment of Donald Trump. This week's morning consult poll, it demonstrates what's been happening. Trump is moving up way ahead of DeSantis. And it's been a very substantial, very obvious gain in the approval of voters for the former president. He now has 54% support. That's up from 52 a few days ago. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis lost points this week, going from 28 to 26%. In other words, Trump's lead jumped from plus 24 to plus 28 in just the last week and from plus 20 to plus 28 in the last two weeks. Now, why do you think that's happening? Why do you think that's going on? No other potential candidate comes close right now. Mike Pence remained consistent. He's in third place with 7%. Nikki Haley followed with four. Former Representative Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. I don't know why their morning consults showing her up there, but they are. She came one point behind with 3% support. No other potential candidate saw greater than 1%. So let me tell you, this is a Danism. This is what I think and what I am pretty sure we're going to see continue to go until and unless this thing about the indictment gets resolved. The American people are pissed off. They cannot believe that Donald Trump, for these trumped-up charges, pun intended, that are pending from this arrogant far-left prosecutor in Manhattan, they cannot believe this would actually happen. And there's a bunch of reasons for it, and I won't go into all the, the stuff. You know what it is. It is trumped up. The feds are the only place that this should or could have been prosecuted, and the feds looked at it. And they said there is nothing there. The Federal Election Commission looked at it, and they said there's nothing there. They could have prosecuted. The DOJ could have prosecuted. There was nothing there. And Alvin Bragg, this prosecutor, is trying to, on a state level, file charges against Trump that are actually for violating, allegedly violating, federal law, which he can't do. So why would he be doing this? Well, let me, let me just give you an example of why he would be doing it. What would be the example that I would give to you? Well, let's just listen to some of the mainstream media, a couple of those sources real quickly. 
We could learn today if former President Donald Trump will be indicted for the first time. NBC News reports the New York grand jury weighing possible charges for former President Donald Trump is set to reconvene. On Tuesday, there was zero movement on the matter. This comes after the former president said he's expected to be indicted as soon as Tuesday over a hush money payment made to porn star Stormy Daniels shortly before the 2016 election. Meanwhile, the Secret Service is developing security plans along with New York police in case of an indictment. Secret Service Director Kimberly Chattel says that she's received no information about the timing of a decision and there's been no request for extraordinary measures. However, there's been discussions about the airports, about the airports the former president could use to get to New York and the route he could take to court. Now they're 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 talking about all these things. I mean, they're even into well, you know, he's he's in Florida. If he gets indicted, he's going to have to come to New York City. So we've got to get the cops involved in this. How's he going to get from the airport? He'll obviously fly in his private jet and he'll go to JFK. How are we going to get him downtown to the courthouse? All that kind of stuff. She mentioned, the reporter there mentioned NBC. Well... NBC. I want you to listen to one of their reports. In New York City, former President Donald Trump's legal future is in the hands of a grand jury set to reconvene today on the verge of an historic decision weighing whether to indict the former president for his alleged effort to keep an extramarital affair a secret by paying hush money to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. Ahead of a possible indictment, law enforcement officials are bracing for protests, stepping up security. Former President Trump also preparing for the optics of a potential indictment. The New York Times, citing friends and associates, says he is ready and welcomes the idea of a perp walk and even, quote, mused openly about whether he should smile for the assembled media, adding that he has pondered how the public would react and is said to have described the potential spectacle as a fun experience. Those close to him also telling the paper that no one is quite sure whether his remarks are bravado or genuine resignation about what lies ahead. They're not coming after me. They're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. The possible prosecution by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg could center on a $130,000 payment that Mr. Trump's one-time fixer, Michael Cohen, says he made to Stormy Daniels on behalf of then-candidate Trump in the heat of the 2016 campaign to buy her silence about claims of an affair with Mr. Trump a decade prior. The former president denies any wrongdoing. Hush money payments are not illegal under state law. Any potential indictment could rest on how the payment was accounted for. A possible misdemeanor case or an illegal gamble, Bragg could pursue a lower-level felony. I'm hoping, holding out hope that justice will prevail. And if that happens, then there will be no charge because it's a case that will die on the vine. Top Republicans attacking the Democratic DA's possible case as politically motivated. I think in your heart of hearts, you know, too, that you think this is just political. Garen, so the, the, the grand jury reconvenes today. There could be a vote on a possible indictment. If that were to happen, then what would the next steps be? If the grand jury hands up an indictment, Mr. Trump's attorneys would be expected to negotiate his surrender. And then, accompanied by the Secret Service, he would go through a process similar to anyone else who's charged with a crime in New York City. He'd be processed in the building behind me, he'd be fingerprinted, have his mugshot taken, and eventually enter a plea, an arraignment in open court. 
he'd then be released with the court date to come back. But Savannah, I think the caveat to all this is we have never seen someone with Secret Service protection, a former president, go through any of these processes. It will be historic if it happens, Garrett. Thank you very much. It will be historic if it happens. Thank you very much. You could just feel the excitement in that NBC News report. Oh my gosh, it's never happened before. And Donald Trump is going to be indicted. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, what is at the heart of this matter? What is there? Jesse Waters, Fox News, had Jim Jordan known. Jim Jordan is the head of the Is it the Judiciary Committee? I'm not sure, but it's one of the big committees in the House. Jim Jordan, congressman from Ohio, one of my favorites. Jesse Waters, and last night the pair got together and they talked about what this case is really all about. Think about it. A former president of the United States, never been one indicted, never been one that had to face this stuff. Of course, there's never been one that was impeached unsuccessfully twice in our history, Donald Trump so far has been bulletproof. Why, oh why, are they so desperate to get him? Let's turn to Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. He's a member of the Judiciary and Oversight Committee. So you can see this coming a mile away. How dangerous is this? No, it's very scary. By the way, Jay, great monologue. You laid it out. I mean, think about it. It's President Trump for this It was going after parents who showed up at school board meetings. If you're a traditional Catholic, you were you were labeled a domestic extremist. If you're pro-life, you're targeted by this Justice Department. So, I mean, if they can do it to a president, they can do it to anybody. And they are. That's the scary thing. And then when you think about this prosecutor, understand the Department of Justice didn't take this case. The federal district of New York didn't take this case. Cy Vance, the former district attorney, didn't take this case. And even Alvin Bragg, when he got the job, didn't take the case. He only is now taking the case and bringing the case forward because of what? Because Donald Trump announced he's running for president and he's winning in every single poll. This is political and the country sees it for what it is. You know the FBI better than anybody, Congressman. Is this an attempt by the left to say the nominee here is a criminal and he's leading a dangerous, uh, riotous movement and we need to use anti-terror tools to stop this movement? Is that what's going on here? Joe Biden said that in front of Independence Hall last year. Of course, that's what's happening. We're going to release this report on on the school board on that whole issue. But started about a year and a half ago. And one of the things that Democrats said is, oh, they would the Department of Justice wouldn't use counterterrorism measures against moms and dads. Yes, they did. It's in our report, our interim report that comes out. So, yeah, this is a scary direction. The left wants to take the country and of course, it's so it's all been focused on President Trump now for seven stinking years. First, it was Russia. Then it was his call with Zelensky. Then they wanted his tax returns. Then they wanted his business records. Then they go after his children. And now it's this on something no one else would take by a district attorney, by the way, who, who downgrades every crime to misdemeanors. The few felony cases he brings, he loses most of them. And who's his star witness for this prosecution of President Trump? Michael Cohen, who came in front of our committee four years ago and lied six times in front of Congress, that's their star witness who the basis of their prosecution. Again, this is crazy and the country understands. And Congressman, Bragg doesn't have to 
bring the former president to Manhattan to book him. Hey, they can do this over Zoom. Do you think that, that Bragg and the left are trying to bait Americans here? They're trying to do exactly what you said. They want that picture. Exactly what you said. Your mom. I listen close. That was a great monologue because you've laid out. This is where the left wants to go. It's all about politics. Every th- everything they do is driven by political considerations, and that's what's frustrating so many Americans. When you see that the Department of Homeland Security was going to set up a disinformation governance board because it, you know some agency can tell you what's appropriate speech and what isn't. You got to be kidding me. We have a thing called the First Amendment, so it's all driven by politics. All about advancing their narrative, and they want to do exactly. Exactly what you described. And Joe Biden told us so last year when he stood in front of Independence Hall and gave that ridiculous speech. Tell us a little bit about what you just mentioned, this report you have coming out. Remember these parents, they got upset about all the craziness at the school. They let their voices be heard at these school board meetings. What did the FBI do exactly? 25 cases around the country were open. Only one turned into a full investigation. Nobody was prosecuted. U.S. attorneys were saying this. They said, this is ridiculous. This is a man. This is a term of U.S. attorney, Democrat U.S. attorney in the Biden administration. This is a manufactured issue. No one gets this. Why did they do it? We know why they did it. It was politics. And Democrats said, oh, oh there's this. They, they initially said, oh, there's threats to school board people all over the country. No, there wasn't. Then they said, oh, the school boards association and the Biden administration didn't collude and work together before. Before the letter and before the memo, yes, they did. And they also told us no counterterrorism measures will ever be used against moms and dads. Yes, they were in Georgia. It was done. So that's what our report brings forward. I mean, this was simply a case of moms and dads saying we've had it with the woke curriculum. We've had it with the mask mandates. We've had it with you keeping our kids out of school. They show up at meetings. And so the school boards association gets together with the Biden administration and say, how can we use this in a political way to help Terry McAuliffe win the uh, Virginia governor's race. That's what they did. Backfired on him, thank goodness, in Virginia. And our report shows all that. All right, thanks for digging into that, Congressman. We appreciate it. There, you you heard the pair just really lay out what's really going on and what's at stake there. Now, let me tell you something that just really made me, I mean, made me giggle with glee yesterday. Have you been watching what Donald Trump has been doing during this entire stuff, he hasn't been out there screaming and hollering and talking about others the way he did in the run-up to the uh, 2016 election. And then, of course, during the Mueller investigation every day, he just ranted and raved. Somebody's gotten his ear. And they've got him acting a little bit differently. They've got him acting very presidential. Yeah, he comes out every once in a while and takes a shot at somebody. But more often than not, here's what he is doing, acting presidential. Yesterday, in the middle of all of this, I mean, they're out there praying that he does a perp walk in front of the cameras walking into the courthouse in downtown New York. They're praying for that while Donald Trump does this. He unveiled a new plan. In his new plan, which Americans are going to go crazy about because they're excited, his plan is to dismantle the deep state in Washington. We know it exists. In fact, his four years, his first four years, let me just say that, his first four years as president, he exposed the fact there really is a deep state, there really is a swamp, 
and he's going to dismantle the deep state by firing rogue bureaucrats and career politicians. That's according to a brand new policy agenda video he's done. And I mean, he didn't just come out railing like he normally does. He released a list of 10 items that indicate how he plans to clean out the deep state. So what's in it? Starts with reinstating an executive order that would give the president authority to fire bureaucrats. That's according to the video posted on Rumble right now. Trump's plan would dismantle the Washington swamp, target corruption, and ensure that federal bureaucrats and politicians are held accountable every time. Here's what he said in the video. Quote, The departments and agencies that have been weaponized will be completely overhauled so that faceless bureaucrats will never again be able to target and persecute conservatives, Christians, or the left's political enemies, which they're doing now at a level that nobody can believe is even possible. He said he's going to ensure corruption is wiped out of the foreign intelligence surveillance courts, and he's going to create a Truth and Reconciliation Commission that will, quote, declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and corruption. He promises to crack down on government actors working with the media to conjure up false narratives that may result in criminal charges. He says he'll ensure that inspector general offices act independently of the departments of which they government. I will ask Congress, he said, to establish an independent auditing system to continually monitor our intelligence agencies to ensure they're not spying on our citizens or running disinformation campaigns against the American people or that they are not spying on someone's campaign like they spied on my campaign, he said. And he didn't scream and holler and use profanity when he said this. Trump would continue to move departments of the bureaucracy outside of D.C., like when his administration moved the Bureau of Land Management to Colorado and noted that nearly 100,000 positions would be susceptible to a move. 100,000 employees moving away from D.C. Now, if you're a bureaucrat employee, you probably might like getting that assignment change from Washington, D.C. to Denver, Colorado. I mean, come on now. Not only is it a whole lot less expensive away from the Potomac Valley, think about it. (laughs) Denver's a great city. He said he would bar federal bureaucrats from seeking positions in companies that they deal with and regulate, such as Big Pharma. Trump also promised to push term limits on Congress members to combat career politicians. I will shatter the deep state, he said, and restore government that is controlled by the people. Now, let me just say this. I don't know how smart is Donald Trump. I personally think he's pretty darn smart. I think he understands communication better than most people. I think he understands communication better than anybody in our media today. I mean, look what he did with that that series on NBC 
it came from nothing. That was his creation. He put it all together. It was number one for years. And it stopped, not because the ratings were bad, it's because he got tired of it and stopped it, The Apprentice. He's a smart guy. He's not doing these things uncalculated. He's doing what he's doing so that people will only be able to guess at what his purposes are and why he's doing things like this. He's under attack, just like he was in the two impeachment processes, the Mueller investigation. He's under attack, but instead of coming out and railing about his own defense and how horrible his opposition is against him, he's giving positive input into what he will do if he's reelected. And listen, this thing that we just gave to you, this attack on the deep state, this and him saying it right now rattles everybody that is known to be a member, a bureaucrat in the deep state. A lot of them don't like this for the same reasons that a lot of them didn't like it when he was running in 2016. Oh, yeah, mainstream media laughed about it. They laughed on election night, too. (laughs) Hillary Clinton did until, I guess, about 11 p.m. Washington, D.C. time when they realized, oh, my gosh, he could possibly win this thing, and he did. Trump is showing that he is still not a politician. He's an American manager. He has, for his entire adult life, managed thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in companies with all kinds of intricate structure. No two identical. And he's been able to adapt one from the next, from the next to the next, and done a pretty darn good job. Yeah, he lost a bunch of money the four years he was president. But he gladly did it. He promised the American people he was going to do a laundry list of things when he was campaigning. Every presidential candidate does the same thing. Difference is, he was the first president in my lifetime that actually got the majority of those promises done. Very few of the candidates that get elected at that level are able or even willing to push through on the plans that they say they're going to do if they're elected when they're running for office. Donald Trump's an enigma. Always has been. And he still is. And the fact that he's not up there screaming about Alvin Bragg, the DA up in New York that's after him, not screaming about pending indictment and the potential embarrassment of a perp walk on a street in New York City that he probably has built multiple buildings along where that perp walk would be happening. There's so much irony in this. It just reeks. There's a blockbuster movie or two or three in this whole thing. 
I'm not ready to call the election yet. Now remember, I called the 2016 election in 2015 before he and Melania came down the escalator in Trump Tower. I said if he runs, he'll win. I'm not at that point yet, but I'm leaning, leaning in that direction. Meanwhile, his successor, he's really up to his eyeballs and doing good things. Food prices have increased under Joe Biden's leadership, fueling real American hunger. As nearly as a quarter of Americans sometimes don't get enough to eat. When Biden came to office in 2021, 20% of Americans sometimes cannot afford enough food. And that number has spiked to 25% at the end of 22. That's a 23% increase in just one year. That study by an urban institute, that study revealed that 63% of adults reported their household grocery cost increased a lot last year. The adults most impacted under Biden's leadership, Hispanic and black adults. Those whose food costs spiked a lot were nearly twice as likely as other adults to sometimes not afford enough food. Biden's claimed inflation is going down. Well, numbers don't agree with that. American households have not received any relief in the grocery store aisles. In the past year, prices have spiked for eggs up 70%, dairy up 15%, cereals 16%, cookies 16%. Overall food prices are up 10.4% between December of 2021 and December of 2022, hitting a 40-year high for inflation. Food prices, got to be honest with you, in the top three of the most impacted by Biden's price hikes. Next to food costs, 55% felt the pain of gas price hikes, 26% by heating costs, 26% by child care, 12.5% by health insurance, 8.1% mortgage payments. Because of recent price increases, 62% of adults whose grocery costs increased a lot reported either reducing the amount of food they bought are not buying the kinds of foods they wanted. 43% withdrew money from savings. 36% increased credit card debt. 16% received charitable food. Now, this is not just a uh, fly-by-night study. It sampled 8,142 adults ages 18 to 64. That was in December of 2021. And the follow-up in December of 2022, 7,881 participated. That's not a good thing. And if you listen to the president when he gets up to pontificate, especially when he gets off his teleprompter, the world is rosy. Everybody should understand everything's okay. There is some... Slight good news, existing home sales surge as prices fall for the first time in over 10 years. Existing home sales jumped 15% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 4.5 million. That's according to the National Association of Realtors. This was the first increase following 12 
consecutive monthly decline in sales, ending the longest stretch of falling sales since 99. It was the largest monthly increase increase since July of 2020. Economists had predicted a rise to 4.17 million units from January's 4 million. The average rate on a standard 30-year fixed mortgage, 6.25% in February. That's down one-tenth of a point from January. Mortgage rates peaked in October of 2022, were in decline until February when they started to climb again. These are the things where you and I live. Our homes, our mortgages, typically for most Americans, more than 90% of us all, our homes are the number one asset we will ever hold. And when you start fiddling with anything to do with homes, ownership, needing to sell, the prices of selling, interest rates, all of those hit more people and hit Americans hardest in a time like this. And this guy, this president, is responsible for every bit of it. His policies I don't know how to say it other than to just be blunt about it. His policies suck. And Americans are paying the price. And we're paying the price needlessly. Fox Wednesday. Could this mysterious princess unlock riches? She's a bad singer. All hail, Princess Adrian. All new I Can See Her Voice. Then TV's number one new show's top ten face double elimination. No one is safe. This can't be good. All new I Can See Your Voice and all new Next Level Chef, Wednesday on Fox. No doubt you've heard about this subliminal seduction nonsense. You know, commercials that are supposed to have hidden messages in them. Well, Baron Saloon denies any use of this so-called mind control. After all, Barron's is seductive enough as it is. Get in your car and come right now. What with a 16-page dinner menu crammed with delectable items... You're starting to salivate. 30 dinner items under $5... Cheap out, say big bucks. ...and a happy hour that lasts from 4 till 8 p.m. Obviously, Barron's has that rare combination of good food... Take out your wallet. ...good fun... Give us your money. ...and good prices. Give us your cash. So let's put this subliminal seduction nonsense to rest. Nobody can do your thinking for you. Come to Barron's. You either want to come to Barron's... You do, you do. ...or you don't. But boy, oh boy, you do, you do. Barron's. Airport and South Academy. every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. When the lie becomes the norm, speaking the truth becomes a revolutionary act. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Oh my gosh. What a lead-in to the next story. When a lie becomes the norm, listen to this. Timing couldn't be even remotely better. Biologists 
named Richard Dawkins, declares there are only two sexes. Only two sexes. And he decries the woke bullying of J.K. Rowling. British evolutionary biologist and prominent atheist Richard Dawkins, he lashed out at the worldwide modern leftist concepts on gender and the woke bullying of women like Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling for her feminine critique of the transgender movement in the West. So Dawkins was on television with Pierce Morgan's program on Talk TV Monday. University of Oxford Emeritus fellow Richard Dawkins decried the state of modern discourse, particularly surrounding issues of transgenderism and on college campuses in general. It's bullying, he said. We've seen the way J.K. Rowling has been bullied. Kathleen Stock has been bullied. They've stood up to it. But it's very upsetting the way this tiny minority of people have managed to capture the discourse to talk errant nonsense. The God Delusion author went on to plant himself on the side of science in the debate, saying, there are two sexes. You could talk about gender if you wish, and that's a subjective statement. Sex is biological, and there are only two. When he was pressed by Pierce Morgan on his response to people who say there are 100 genders, Dawkins replied, I'm not interested in that. As a biologist, there are two sexes, and that's all there is to it. For challenging woke orthodoxy surrounding gender, J.K. Rowling has revealed that she has been subjected to many death threats and has had her family home doxxed by leftist activists. Continuing her strident stance against what she claims is an anti-woman movement, Rowling said last week, quote, I believe absolutely that there is something dangerous about this movement and it must be challenged. In response to the statements from Dawkins, Christian author Larry Tanton said, I've crossed swords with Richard Dawkins many times and disagree with him on much, the existence of God most of all but I appreciate him not bowing to the woke mob on male-female biology. Bravo, Richard. However, the left has begun to strike back at Dawkins for his wrong think, their word, with fellow atheist activist Himmet Mehta writing, It's so damn sad that Dawkins, who wrote some wonderful books explaining evolution, chose this particular hill on which to die. Commenting on the shift in his world of academia on open debates, Richard Dawkins went on to say, I think it's very sad. Universities are places where you should be free to speak your mind and listen even to something that you don't like. And it's very tragic they have brought into the idea that if you don't like what you think you're going to hear from somebody, you should just shut them up. They want to feel safe. And the university is the one place you should not feel safe. You want to be physically safe, but intellectually, you should be challenged. There are people for whom the word disgust doesn't mean disgust. It means you've taken a position. 
Demonstrating the validity of the comments from Dawkins, House of Lords peer Baroness Claire Fox revealed this week she was barred from appearing at a debate at Royal Holloway University of London for retweeting a supposedly transgender joke from comedian Ricky Gervais. Symbolism over substance. There's plenty of that to go around, plenty enough of that to go around. I got to be honest with you, I'm sick of it. I am ready for facts only, mister. That's what I am ready for. Well, guess who's in the bullseye of news this morning? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Jesse Waters and one of the host of... uh, Uh, I forget the show that works at noon on Fox where they have the panel and there's one guy in the middle of it, Kaylee McEnany. She was Donald Trump's White House press agent. Anyway, Jesse and Kaylee, and they're asking the question, why does AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, why does she lie? AOC has a big problem, a serious problem. She's now finding out that in politics... People lie. Politics is so crazy because people can just like wake up and make up whatever they want to say about you. And it'll be totally false. And people will just believe it, right? They'll just believe it. So today, someone made made up a rumor that I, me, was hosting a military recruitment fair for high schoolers. Now, like, does that sound like something I would do? Now, it's okay to be a little skeptical when you're sending billions to Ukraine and voting for Biden's defense budget. But AOC says those are rumors, just not true. She said all she did was hold a recruitment fair where high schoolers just happened to be recruited into the military. But that's not the point. The point is AOC is realizing that lies are mean. I was really subject to a lot of really vile rhetoric and attacks all day to day um, because of a rumor. And I can't stress how much this is not just a right wing thing. A lie can go out the door and run around the world before the truth has the time to put on its shoes. And um, it really has an effect because these campaigns are usually targeted most towards candidates and officials of color and women. AOC is now fighting disinformation. And AOC, of all people, thinks we shouldn't be able to trust those who lie to us. If you're trying to impact the decisions that are made, but you have lied in the past about the decision makers, then why should people believe anyone with a track history of sharing misinformation and then not owning up to it? That's a good question. But it's not like AOC would ever make anything up, right? It's not like she would ever fake get arrested, put her hands behind her back, then put her fists in the air like Houdini. Well, maybe. But she would never lie about someone knocking her door down on January 6th. Violent bangs on my door? And then every door going into my office. Just bang, bang. 
shoot. See, look, I'm banging over again. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Like someone was trying to break the door down. Bang. Well, she happened to just be across the street when that happened. And the guy who was knocking on her door could have been a delivery guy. But AOC would never be irresponsible enough to tell us the world's going to end in 12 years, would she? How many years until the world ends again? We have 12 years left to cut emissions by at least 50%, if not more. And for everyone who wants to make a joke about that, you may laugh, but your grandkids will not. Why is she always eating? <laughs> okay, AOC clearly has a history of lying. But by her logic, we should never listen to her again, right? Because... Primetime's all about second chances, and maybe AOC's having a change of heart. Maybe she's really serious this time, or maybe we're just being a little hopeful. Let's bring in Kaylee McEnany, co-host of Outnumbered and author of the new book, Serenity in the Storm. It's almost like she's describing the Russia hoax. It's like, yeah. how could anybody make up a rumor? These rumors are so harsh and mean. Right. And, and I love the quote from her that it's just not a right wing thing when they make about li make up lies about you. Well, it tends to usually just be a right wing thing where lies are made up about you. But what's so interesting about this story, two components. One is she's being attacked by her own. Uh, you recall when there were protesters who yeah. shouted her down over her Ukraine support um, and sending funding over there. And then in this case, people are calling her warmonger. I went on Twitter and typed it in. I mean, just tweet after tweet after tweet from the radical far left. And second, the interesting part is just her insane theories. What is so bad by being recruited by West Point and the Naval Academy in Annapolis? That's probably one of the noblest things you could do in society is serve and serve in the military at those high ranks. But for her, that's a curse. You can't do that on the far left. And she learned that the hard way. Are people calling her a warmonger? Is yes. this the thing she's responding to? Yes, so she was at this fair, essentially, where recruiting people for internships. Some of the tables happened to be from military academies. So the far left's attacking her on Twitter, sending out the flyer, saying, you hosted a military recruitment event. How dare you, you warmonger? How dare you? How exactly. dare you help someone get into West Point? You brought up the fact that she was protested at one of these town halls over her support for Ukraine. I think we have some of that reaction. Could we have that? She's obviously very defensive about her support for Ukraine, and she's not going to take it anymore. No, and this is why she puts all those whacked out theories out there. She has to send little signals to her far left base. Like she calls herself a menstruating person at the top of that video. <laughs> she said, I, me, Wait. I have expected her to say, I, me, menstruating person. She calls herself a menstruating person? Yes. She calls herself that. And if you call her out for calling herself that, you are transphobic. So- you're about to be hit by her on that point. Her pronoun is menstruating person. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> and you're transphobic if you think that's funny. It's not her or she. No. It's menstruating person. That is officially my new gender. Yes, Jessica. And, that, and she's serious about that. She's serious about that. Is she a Congress menstruating person? Congress menstruating person who wants to have children but is afraid to have children because of climate change. That was another <laughs> AOC theory. You can't well, she's not married yet. They, they are engaged. You don't want to ever, well, I don't know. I don't want to be. They may not procreate, she says, because of climate change. Uh, really? D is, is her fiancé aware that he's not having a son? That's a question for him. You never see him. You never hear from him. That's true. He never defended her when that guy called her a, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a classy show. Thank you very much, Kaylee, for classing Thanks, it up here. It's a classy show. Oh, my gosh. Hey, <laughs> you uh, do a story about AOC, it becomes uh, less classy. Let's just leave it there. Hey, guys and gals, and I know that's sexist. You have a wonderful Wednesday. And I want to thank you, as always, for being part of the Truth News Network family and joining us at TNN Live. Grab the show, your favorite podcast type, after this is completed. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central, at TNN Live. Oh, damn.